Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of That's Odd. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Townsend, and with me, as always, is my good pal, Micah Padre. Uh, my bestest minch? Was that a thing in something? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was. I heard it somewhere. It could be. I could have just said a terrible thing, and if I did, I'm sorry, Chris Chavez. <laughs> What's up, dude? How are you? How's it going, man? <laughs> that was an interesting intro. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I've heard that in some cartoon or movie that I've seen, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> it was derogatory. Or if I even, yeah, like, I, may, I may have used it incorrectly for it's all like I a, know. It's a, like a derogatory term that Bugs Bunny called Elmer Fudd. Yeah, I could have just shut down our show without knowing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. How you been, man? <laughs> I've been great, just apparently just incredibly ignorant. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> Doing pretty good, man. I was telling you right before we started recording, I'm on cloud nine. Just met oh, yeah. Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder of Batman fame uh, at Fan Expo in, in Toronto yesterday, which was insane. I don't know what's the biggest con uh, that you've ever been to, man, but I took a picture of the crowd uh, just just at the celebrity section because the the cons that I go to, I don't know how yours are usually set up. The one, the couple I've been to, you'll have the vendors, you'll have artist alley on one side of maybe the wall, and then another wall you'll have celebrities, whoever the sub- celebrities are they bring in uh, yeah. to you know attract people into the show. Um, same thing here. It was at the convention center, and all along the back wall was the celebrities. But we're talking about celebrities like Norman Reedus, um, Justin Roiland, the guy who created and voices uh, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there was ever Jason Mewes was there. There was all these. I mean, all these celebrities there. Almost the entire cast of Rocky Horror Picture Show was there, um, including Tim Curry. Um, wow. Yeah, it was insane, dude. There was like it, it, they had so many people there. So we went up to the top level uh, after making our way through a sea of people and taking and being funneled into like one door, which was insane. Uh, that was another thing that was insane was the setup. I'm like, knowing you have this many people, you should be making more access to move around. It was so crowded and so, like so many times there was bottlenecking going on. You know what I mean? With the crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it slowed things down. So I get up to the top level and I took a picture just of the celebrity section um, and it was it's mind blowing. It looks like you're at a concert at like one of these big festival concerts. It's insane how many people were lined up for Norman Reedus. Like seriously, I, I believe it a hundred percent. I went. I've been to quite a few uh, pretty decent sized ones. Uh, I went to. Uh, I've been to C two E two twice. It's that big one in Chicago. Yeah, and that one's pretty humongous. It's crazy. I've you can go up and see the just a sea of people. Where I don't know how I was walking through it in the first place because it looks like there's nowhere you can move. <laughs> I just sent you a text of the picture that I took, so whenever you get it, you'll see what I'm talking about. But it was right. you'll see a little grouping of people in the front, in the foreground, and then the mass of people starts, you know, after a little space, and then as far as the ICs, and that mass of people, right where it starts, that's Norman Reedus, and they were having people like like curl up and down you know what i mean almost like it was a queue but there weren't any queue lines it was just you had to follow the tape you know uh, on the ground but it was insane i was just like there's no possible way you could even come close to seeing him plus it costs a hundred dollars just to go up there and get an autograph that's a sea of people there yeah that's the that's the one thing i hate about it. i know this is that's odd but this is a little side tangent this is our intro this is us saying hey to each other after a week <laughs> yeah uh you know, as an artist, I've done quite a few shows set up as an artist, and I have a love-hate relationship with some of the bigger shows. Yeah. I 100% understand people wanting to see celebrities. I want to see celebrities. I get it. I do. 100%. 
But at times it kind of takes away from my love of comic books and such and art. <laughs> yeah. Because it kind of gets in the way a bit. It does. Uh, I'll be sitting, I'll be uh, at my own. This has happened more than once at some of these shows, the bigger ones. I'll be sitting down uh, hoping somebody's coming up for a commission and they'll come up and they'll be like, hey, um, yeah, so uh, where's the Green Power Ranger at? <laughs> <laughs> because you're part of the show, you should know the entire layout yeah. of everyone's booth. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know where Ron Perlman's at. If I did, I would look. I would go see him myself. <laughs> That's amazing. Because <laughs> Ron Perlman's awesome. I get it. Uh, yeah. But also, what you just said too, a hundred dollars. I mean, I mean, yeah. that's just that's kind of a lot of these. This is another thing. I don't know if people know this. A lot of these shows uh, kind of make the celebrities charge. Yeah. Uh, some of them don't really want to, but they're forced to charge. I think it helps the the shows are expensive to set up too, so maybe it helps with that because you got to pay for uh, the building first of all, and you got to bring in all these people. You got to pay the celebrities for the time. Uh, you got to put them up somewhere in like a, some sort of uh, yep, uh, you know, a hotel or something. So yeah, yep. it's not cheap. Not at all. It's not cheap to get in there. It's not cheap to spend money in there. Uh, but it was a good time yesterday. Like I said, I got to meet. Uh, Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder, which for me, and plus they did a bumper for my other podcast, Back Issues Comic Book Podcast. So I'm really excited to play that at the next episode. Um, I really wanted to try to talk to Justin Roiland, but again, that was another sea of people that it was just insane. It was not even happening. Yeah, see, that'd be the other. You saw the, you saw the, well, you saw the two that I would want to see, and then the other one I would want to see was would be Roiland, just because of the Rick and Morty fame. Yeah, uh, I would yeah. want it. I would I would want him to do the shout out. He, I know he probably contractually couldn't shout the podcast out, but he shout out you know Chris and Anthony or something. You know what I mean with the Rick Sanchez voice. Yeah, oh Super Johnny, oh Super Trevor, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right, we're all pumping all our other podcasts. Let's talk about yeah. this podcast, <laughs> Retro Blist. Oh, this one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's odd. We're back, guys. Another week. Another dollar? Do we get paid for this? Another, we should, right? Another yeah. couple of creepy stories. Um, and from what I understand, yours is going to be one of these. It's almost like a story you cannot believe. Yeah, I, I discovered this randomly. We, we're we on a constant lookout for the strange and odd stories for this show. So I'm always you know, visiting these sites. But when I find something, I try to go... To more than one source. Yeah, same. Yeah, because I don't want to just uh, pick one thing and then later find out, oh, this may or may not be true. So Right. This one's definitely true, and this one, while it happened in 2009, is still happening today. Now, when you go to your own sources, do you usually, it's like you're doing a research paper, you write your own narrative or come up with your own outline of what you want to say. Um, is that how yes. you, you, you prepare it? Yeah, I literally have a, a piece of paper in front of me that I've handwritten with pencil. With bullet points to make sure that I say these things. Nice. I do the same, and then sometimes I come across articles, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so great. Like, I could just read this. And I've said that before on the <laughs> show, but that's mine yeah. today. Mine's, I found one that uh, that actually had a really good article written a specific way that I thought was great as a narrative. So I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read this because this is great. Well, let's do it. You ready? I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Take us into your story. All right, I'm going to go first. Usually we try to do this chronological. Chronologically, there we go. Why don't I get paid for this, Chris? <laughs> uh, and but we're going to go different this time. We're going to go backwards in time, as in we're starting with the most recent one, mine, and then going to Chris's. Sweet. 
So 2009, we're going to visit Shayna Ism or Ism. I could be spelling her name, pronouncing her name wrong. She spells Shayna very different. It's S H A N Y N A. I mean, I even listened. There's actual news articles and videos you can watch on this lady. And I did that just to see how they pronounce her first name. But it's apparently they always pronounce it Shayna. Can you spell it again one more time? I'm sorry. It's fine. S H A N Y N A. Shayna. Shen- yeah, but it's, she pronounces Shen- it Shayna. Shayna. Yeah. Yeah. Her last name's Ism. That's I S O M. She's from Memphis, Tennessee, so not too terribly far from me. It's like she's named after her own, like, quips. Shanyaism. Yeah. yeah, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Sorry. No, it's all right. Now, back in 2009, she was going to some sort of law school or something like that when she had a severe asthma attack. And she goes to the emergency room, of course, and they give her steroids, and it seems to fix things for a day. After that, she gets really itchy. Her body, like, in certain areas of her body gets really itchy. Hmm. You know, that could just be an allergic reaction. That does happen to people. So she goes back to the ER or or to a doctor or something like that and says, Hey, uh, I was given this steroid, and now I'm itchy all over. Well, the doctor says, Well, you're probably just allergic to that, so they give her Benadryl. And she goes, Well, that worked for about a day. And then the itching came back, and it was actually even worse this time, and all over her body. And eventually, her legs turned black and with, like, raised bumps on them. What? Yeah, to the point where it looked like she had been burned or something. Uh, So she goes back to the doctor, and they originally thought, well, maybe this is a really severe uh, Steph infection or something like that. Mm -hmm. So they do tests on it, but all of them come back negative. And then her mom is washing her hair, and her hair starts falling out. The Not the mom's hair, but the yeah. daughter's hair. Yeah. Shayna's hair starts falling out, coming out in clumps. And and then in her head, on her skull, there were some like little prickly things coming out of her head. What? And then these same things started coming out all over her body. She starts going to doctor after doctor after doctor, and none of them could figure out what was wrong with her. Prickly things like little hair follicles or something growing out? Oh, we're going to get there. Oh, man. Okay. You said this is in Tennessee? (laughs) This is in Tennessee. Okay. So in 2011, so keep in mind, this is from 09 to 11, she has no answers to what's happening to her. Oh, my God. She she goes to uh, Johns Hopkins, and that's a hospital in Baltimore. And the doctors there finally figure out what's wrong. Her body apparently produces 12 times the number of skin cells at each hair follicle than than the normal person. And what this means is that everywhere hair should be growing out of your body, her her body instead is trying to grow out fingernails. Oh, stop. Are you being serious? This is completely true. Uh, You can find this story on all kinds of websites. Uh, ABC News did a thing on it. Uh, There's all kinds of stuff on this. This is documented. It's still going on today. What? So everywhere, so look at your like. What's her like, name? Look at that mom now, Shayna Ism. You oh, can yeah, actually that's find right. pictures Shanyanya of this stuff. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can find pictures of her online. Do uh, I want to a, see that? It's it's kind of fascinating. So I would actually encourage you to because I'm going to. There's more to this story. Uh, so just imagine I'm looking at my arm. Right, I have hairs growing on my arm. Everywhere there's a hair growing. Imagine if. Some sort of nail is trying to stick through your skin instead. 
Stop, dude. No. Yeah. But what's even worse is apparently it also affected her bones. Uh, so she even has trouble even just sitting up out of bed. She has to have help to do that. Really? Yeah. She's only now, she's only like in her early 30s. I think she's younger than I am. And she's got to walk with a cane and everything already. Jeez. And she is the only person in the entire world that's been that has this diagnosis. Nobody else has this ever. She's the first person uh, to ever have this. Nobody else in the entire world has had this. I, this still go, this still goes on today. Apparently, at one time, she was on as many as twenty five different medications she had to take per day for this. Uh, and they and they said today, I went and looked up an update on her. And uh, she's doing some better, apparently. Like, the, a lot of the visible effects that you'll see if you look up pictures of her, uh, the meds that she's on has helped that. Like, a lot of those has kind of gone away a little bit. But she's still but she's still affected by it. It's never going to get rid of it completely. And, in fact, she had to go out of state for a lot of this stuff. And, of course, I don't know if, you know, if people really understand how insurances work, but a lot of them will put a lot of little factors into it like if you go out of state for care we're not going to cover you yeah and and of course hers is great and does that to her nice so uh she has a gofundme and it's gofundme.com slash shania that's s-h-a-n-y-n-a dash ism i-o i mean i-s-o-m she's taking donations to this day so uh it's it's just a wild story i just felt bad for her you can find all kinds of uh, videos and news reports on her about this. And she's got, and that website I just said is all about her. And I think she has a Facebook page too, all about this stuff. That is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen and heard. Seriously. Could you imagine? I would be horrified if that was happening to is me. Is that because of the steroid? Did she have some reaction to it? That's what I was trying to figure because out. Because how old was she when it developed? How old was she in 2009? Uh, I think she was in her mid to to later 20s i think somewhere around in there hmm. or maybe even earlier than that because i think she was in uh, college still when this was happening hmm. but she all started out with a bad asthma attack was given meds and it all kind of went down from there that's why i thought the same thing you did I, I don't know it seems like a crazy crazy severe reaction to yeah. meds for your body to decide to dry, uh, to start growing nails instead of hair that is strange it's very strange man some might call yeah. it uncanny. <gasps> oh, or that was odd? my dude. That was my first instinct. Was ooh, mutants? It's happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or in humans or something like that. That is just bizarre. Wow, I've never heard of anything like that before in my life. You know what it really reminded me of? You probably did the same thing. I'm gonna I'm making a giant assumption there. When I was younger. I would love to get those uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not books. Yeah, yep. And they would have all kinds of strange stories in those. Yeah. And this feels like it would fit right in those. Exactly. If he if she was born just a, a decade ago, Ripley would have been at her door. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's strange, dude. I have a strange one as well, and and uh, this one still doesn't have an answer. So we're gonna go back in time. We're going to go from the present, 2011, 2015, 2017. Now we're going to go back in time to 1994. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. 94. I'm trying to put myself in that frame, uh, time frame there. I was alive in 94. Flannel t-shirt? Yeah, I think that's when, I think I just seen Jurassic Park, either the year before that or that year. Were you wearing? So I was, 
what what t-shirts were you wearing then what was the big t-shirt in the 90s 94 I was a giant basketball nerd, so it's probably Charlotte, a Charlotte Hornets t-shirt, to be honest with you. Larry Johnson fan? Oh, yeah, I definitely was. <laughs> Grandmama? Grandma, I'm totally down for that. Grandmama yep. Johnson, remember those? Those were amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this is the story. In 1994, uh, how old were you in 94? You were a youngin', right? So I don't know if you remember hearing about this, but this was actually, be 11. this garnered yeah. national attention, um, and even to this day, it's it's a famous story that I had never heard of. Isn't that weird? Like, there's a lot of people that have heard of things, and you're like, wait, really? Never heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> but when you hear it, you're like, I can see why it would be famous. I can see why everybody's heard of this, you know? Yeah. So this is the mystery of the quote, unquote, and this is exactly how she was described, the fuming woman. So huh. I, 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 just like you, I research, I saw this on a list uh, on one of these things. I was, re- you know, weird facts or weird things, stories, and... I was like, this is fascinating. Found an article, read that. I'm like, this is good. It actually has a Wikipedia. So I went through, read through the Wikipedia, found some of the links that they referenced. And I came across this article that, like I said, the narrative, the way it's written is so cool. I'm just going to read exactly what they say here because it's a good story. You ready for this? Oh, yeah. All right. On a winter afternoon in downtown Riverside, uh, 1994 preparations were underway for one of the most elaborate autopsies ever conducted in u.s history no one was sure what pathologists would find when they opened up gloria ramirez's body but they were ready for the worst six days earlier as ramirez was being treated at riverside general hospital for nausea and difficulty breathing six emergency room workers attending to her smelled ammonia-like fumes and became ill A nurse who had been drawing Ramirez's blood passed out. An ER doctor was wheeled out of the room unconscious and with severe breathing problems. A respiratory therapist also passed out. Another nurse threw up. Other workers near Ramirez complained of headache and nausea. An evacuation of the ER was ordered. Ramirez, a young mother with advanced cervical cancer, died in the emergency room that night, February 19, 1994. Inspectors from California's Worker Safety Agency deemed her corpse a public health hazard. It was wrapped in two layers of heavy plastic and stored in an airtight aluminum casket. The story of the fuming woman of Riverside, about 50 miles east of downtown L.A., grabbed headlines around the world. Astonished, the hospital officials had no explanation for the fumes. Intrigued newspapers and TV reporters poured in from around the country drawn by what they had dubbed, quote, the medical mystery of the century. Health officials weren't taking any chances when it came time to autopsy Ramirez's body. With the help of experts from Cal OSHA, the state worker protection agency, elaborate steps were taken to shield the pathologist and his crew from whatever strange chemicals might be lurking in the corpse. Inside the ivory-covered Riverside County Coroner's Office, a special chamber was constructed so that the four men dealing with the body would be sealed off from the rest of the world. It's like a movie, right? Yeah. They would, le- uh, they would wear Level A protective suits, spacesuit-like gear normally used by specialists cleaning up toxic spills. Oxygen would be pumped to the autopsy workers through umbilical cords. In the event the main oxygen supply failed, they had emergency air canisters tucked inside their suits. You just see this film, you know, it's all in the bright white, all the white, you know, stuff in the room. The bodies laying there. These guys in the big space suits. We ready to begin? 
yeah, we're ready. Let's do this. <sighs> There's a terror in my suit. <laughs> Rut-row, Raggy. Uh, <laughs> outside the chamber, four members of Riverside County's hazardous materials team watched the autopsy video uh, video monitor. They, too, wore protective suits and were assigned to rescue those inside if problems arose. Three fire trucks were nearby, their crews ready to leap into action. This Oh, here we It's funny it says this. The scene was like something out of a science fiction movie, and the mood was tense. More than 50 reporters had gathered for the spectacle. During a media briefing in the basement of the coroner's office, a reporter shouted to the county officials, What are you afraid of? Chief Deputy Coroner Dan Cupido yelled back, The unknown! As darkness fell, reporters and camera crews were herded behind a cordoned-off yellow police tape across the street from the coroner's office. They waited anxiously, notebooks in hand, for the autopsy to begin. Inside the office, Charles Cox, a Cal OSHA district manager, and Tom Kranchevich, a Cal OSHA inspector, looked over the autopsy chamber and emergency standby equipment, checking that everything was in order. They had helped design the autopsy plan and had carefully gone over it with the coroner's officials a few days earlier. It was their job to ensure that the people who entered the chamber were protected as well as possible, and by law, the autopsy couldn't start until they gave the go-ahead. But shortly before it was supposed to begin, Riverside County Coroner Scotty Hill ordered the Cal OSHA men to leave. Cox and Kranchevitz protested, saying they were there in compliance with state law and that the autopsy couldn't move forward without their okay. Their protest made no difference. At Hill's request, a Riverside police sergeant escorted Cox and Kranchevich off property. It was at that moment, recalls Cox, a 12-year Cal OSHA veteran, that everything about the Ramirez case seemed to change. Quote, I'd never encountered such hostility in all my years with Cal OSHA, he said. As we were being led off the property by the police sergeant, I had the feeling that something very serious had occurred at that hospital and that the coroner knew what it was. They wanted us out of there because they were afraid we might find out what really happened at the hospital that night. Also, have you seen my hoagie? (laughs) (laughs) So just what did happen at Riverside General? Government officials insist the mysterious fumes came from Ramirez's body and apparently were released into the air when her blood was drawn. But after uh, investigations, there was it was concluded that the fumes probably came instead from chemicals used to make the drug methamphetamine, and that someone in the hospital may have been illegally manufacturing it or a component of it near the time of Ramirez's death. So it's, it, Paramer- it's a, yeah, here it's we a go. Meth de- I'm it sorry, could be a meth death. A meth death, un 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 uh, unattributed. Uh, so we're going to flash back. This is what happens that night. Paramedics barge through the doors at Riverside General and wheels Ramirez to her trauma bay in the emergency room about 8.15 p.m. on February 19, 1994. Earlier that evening, the 31-year-old mother of two had been vomiting and having trouble breathing. In the ambulance on the way to the hospital, paramedics had inserted an intravenous line in Ramirez, spilling some of her blood in the process, according to testimony that they gave in a lawsuit that the Ramirez family had filed against the county and others. Paramedics said that they hadn't noticed any strange odors coming from Ramirez at that time. When they arrived at the hospital, she was alert and talking. Emergency room doctors and nurses quickly gave Ramirez drugs to sedate her and smooth out her irregular heartbeat. 
But when nurse Susan Kane started a second IV line in the patient, strange things began happening in the ER. Standard protocol when administering an IV medication is to squeeze some fluid out of the IV tube to clear it of air bubbles, which could prove fatal to a patient. Kane inserted an IV needle into Ramirez's right arm, then using a separate needle, she drew a blood sample from near the IV site. As she did so, she began to smell something odd. Who popped ammonia? Kane asked, according to a deposition she gave in the Ramirez lawsuit. Prior to starting the IV, she said she had noticed had not noticed any unusual odors, even though Ramirez's veins had already been punctured in the ambulance. Kane handed the syringe with Ramirez's blood to Julie Gorchinsky, an ER resident, and bent down to smell the IV site. Kane then stood up and fainted. Someone yelled, Catch her! Humberto Ochoa, the doctor in charge of the emergency room, lunged forward and eased Kane to the floor. Gorchinsky, the nurse, then sniffed the syringe she had just been handed and she began to feel queasy. She started to leave the trauma bay but passed out on the way. She was having difficulty breathing and her body began to shake. She was the second ER staffer to be wheeled out on a gurney. Meanwhile, respiratory therapist Maureen Welch also smelled the syringe, noted an ammonia-like odor, begin and began to feel faint. She passed out too. When she regained consciousness, her arms and legs were jerking uncontrollably. Another nurse, Sally Balderas, began vomiting and complaining of a burning sensation. She was also placed on a gurney and rolled out into the parking lot. Several others in the ER complained of feeling ill and smelling ammonia-like odors. With the ER near chaos, Ochoa ordered an evacuation and someone dialed 911. Patients were taken to the parking lot while a skeleton crew stayed inside trying to save Ramirez's life. A short while later, the Riverside Department responded and ordered those remaining in the ER to get out. About 8.50 p.m., Ochoa pronounced Ramirez dead. It is unclear from medical records whether she died before or after the full ER investigation. Um, it says, at least 15 people later told investigators they detected a strange smell in the ER that night. Of the 12 sickened by the odor, most complained of dizziness, nausea, headache, and difficulty breathing. Most ER staffers said the fumes had an ammonia odor, while others described it as gas-like or having a chemical smell. Uh, six ER workers were later admitted to nearby hospitals. Gorchinsky, the sickest, lay in an intensive care unit for two weeks, breathing with the aid of respira uh, respirator. Ochoa had no other symptoms. Um, so here was the thing. There's a huge investigation conducted. I'm not going to keep going because it, it's a super long article, and they go super in-depth on it. Okay. Huge investigation is, is, uh, is conducted. They come in and... Um, they perform an autopsy on the body, right. right? And they say they don't find anything. They say that she just died of heart failure and kidney failure due to what had happened, uh, the, the progression of the cervical cancer. The family doesn't buy it. The family's like, come on, look at all these people that got sick in there. All these people are saying they smelled fumes, so they sue the hospital. So during this, during the, the trial, uh, you know, all these nurses and the doctors say what happened to them. I, I believe one of the the, the one that was the sickest that was in, uh, had to be on a respirator yeah. for the longest time. She was in a wheelchair because she couldn't even walk anymore. It was like months before she could walk again. Yeah. Um, they said, okay, well we can't release the body either because it's, it's toxic. They wouldn't give the family the body so that they could perform an, an autopsy. They can, you know, hire a, an independent person to perform the autopsy. And they also wanted to bury the, their dead. You yeah, know that's what, what I mean? I was about to say the hospital, yeah, hospital held on to the body for a couple of months. 
And apparently during that couple of months, there was another autopsy performed, a second autopsy, in which the kidney and the heart were removed. Um, finally, they said, you know, we're going to give you the body back. And when they were questioned why they did a second autopsy, the, the, the hospital said it was because they needed to finish the first one because they never finished it, um, which had been unheard of. There's many people that said that that was unheard of. So they get the, the family gets the body back, right? Unfortunately, it doesn't have the heart. And so the, 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 the other coroner, the family coroner, can't, can't perform another autopsy to find out, was there any chemicals in her body? Uh, where did this come from? They said that there was a huge investigation when the hazmat unit came into the hospital, the ER. I mean, they went through with all of their detection devices, looking for any kinds of fumes, any kinds of chemicals, uh, and they would totally have picked up any of those chemicals uh, if there was a meth lab there, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, nothing was picked up. However, there were a couple of things that were a little odd. The syringe that they had said they smelled all this stuff from had gone missing. They couldn't find it. And there was an IV bag that had gone missing, and they couldn't find that as well. But other than that, her death has still never been completely explained, and like it's never been explained what happened in that ER that night, why everybody got sick. Well, I actually think I have heard of this. I didn't know all the details, but I think I've heard of this story before. Isn't that weird, dude? I was like, wait, what? So, but it does sound like a sci-fi movie. It though, really does. It? But that's the thing. Like, yeah. there's a there's the thought that it's an unex- one of these weird, unexplained things, or it really was somebody at that at that hospital, or someone was okay with them running a meth lab out of there. And when that happened, you know, it was like quickly shut down and cover up. So there's a huge a huge theory that there was a cover up by the hospital because the higher administration there were were a part of basically uh, a Breaking Bad situation, a meth lab, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting, huh? I'd never heard of this before, well, but I when I read about it, it said this was like it gained nationwide attention and it was in the news for the longest time. I'm like, really? I never heard of it. Well, and why would they take her heart? Who knows? Isn't that weird? I mean, that is very strange. I don't know, man. I mean, it's odd. I, <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of, I have a lot of ex-girlfriends who I think had no heart, but this is totally different. <laughs> it is just, it is a strange thing. They said when they got the body also, there was, uh, it was kind of, um, for lack of a better term, it wasn't in the greatest condition. It had already been months. Um, it was already in a deteriorate, up to, it was deteriorating. They said when it, they got, you know how when they do autopsies, they, you know, handle the organs, they take them out, they weigh them, they make sure there's no, you know nothing in them toxins well they say that the, all the organs were thrown just kind of like in a big ziploc bag and uh you know given to them that way as well the family was super i mean it was a big deal the family sued the hospital with that doctor one nurse sued the hospital i believe i, I don't and uh i don't know how how that the outcome came but i didn't i didn't read into the outcome i just read into this story and thought this is the mo- one of the most amazing weirdest things i've ever heard and it says uh, it says it's still unexplained. So I don't think whatever they say the outcome came for the Ramirez case or or the nurse suing them. I don't think that's gonna. It still said that the hospital was at fault. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's very strange. That's, it's also very odd. Yeah, that's strange and odd. That's 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 odd. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, these are good stories, man. I, and I love these ones that you get that are are unexplained. Because it makes you think, and your brain just starts going, well, what if it could be this? What if it could be that? 
Um, the woman yeah. growing nails is probably the creepiest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Ugh. I just feel, I just honestly felt really bad for her. The more I read into it, like, it's just heartbreaking <laughs> more yeah. than anything. Crazy. Um, all right, man. That was a good show. That's odd. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Bye. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'm going to tell them where they can find me on my social media outlets and my other podcasts, if you don't mind. And give your home address. Alrighty. If you want to <laughs> come and stalk me, I'm living in Buffalo, New York. Uh-oh. The street is... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> A big old beep across yeah. that. No, listen to my other podcast, guys. Head over to our network, BICBP-radio.com. You'll find this podcast, History Creeps Presents That Thought, which... Should we tell them the news yet or no? Wait till it happens. I don't know what you're asking, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll wait till it happens. You'll find this podcast on that <laughs> network. You'll also find my other podcast, Back Issues Comic Book Podcast, as well as a number of other entertaining shows. Uh, once you find something you like, head over to iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and comment. Let us know how we're doing. You can find History Creeps on Instagram at History Creeps. We also have a Facebook page, uh, History Creeps Podcast, where we put the newest episodes up and uh, sometimes updates to the stories we talk about. And... That's all for. If you want to follow me on uh, Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter. I run through the pot, my other podcast, but that's my Twitter account, BICB Podcast. Uh, check it out, and that's all for me. I'm done. Well, you, I'm over. You Stop know when talking. You know when you uh, you set that up to see if you could ask. I have. I, you know when you get something in your eye and it totally takes away all your attention from whatever's happening. <laughs> something flew into my eye, and that's all I was worried about. So I don't know. <laughs> that's all I cared about at that at that exact moment when you asked me that. Uh, you can that's find awesome. my other podcast, Retro Blessed. It's about old school video games with me and my buddy Trevor. It's on this very same network as well as iTunes and Stitcher. And we have a Facebook page, RetroBlist, and an Instagram at, uh, at RetroBlist. And my art is at JohnnyIsman28 on the old Instagram. And also, uh, this isn't about me, but there's another podcast out there that I really highly recommend. If you like pro wrestling like I do. Oh, yeah. Or or you just like comedy. Or you just like two, uh, two how, how would you describe these two men? Experts of of the field, veterans, veterans talking about pro wrestling, the ins and outs of it. Dusty uh, veterans. That's, yes. So go listen to the Dusty Finish. It's a new podcast on the same network. Uh, it's also on iTunes and Stitcher. I highly recommend those. That's all I got. Are you done, Chris? Can I can I'm, I sign us out of here? I'm done. Take us on home. Well, you know what, guys. Of course, as always, stay. <gasps> 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 <gasps>